You are nows. Nows. Yous are nows. About to read. Yous are about to witness the awesome shut up crushing might of the Eugene S. Robinson show stomper version 2 not counting 0, 0.0 but first knock it off <laughs> the more things change the more they stay the same it's a work in progress, baby. I tried. I tried. I tried with Oxbow, actually. I tried going with Oxbow. And nothing sounded more right to me than Stigmata. Calling of the Just, still available from Revelation Records, Huntington Beach, California, where people will try to hit your car with a hammer. Song is called Intro All of Nothing. And nobody can capture the ethos like a, a Bob Riley. When he sings the words that'll kick off the show Stomper. So named because if that's what it does to all the other shows out there. It's not cooperation, it's total war. 1933 style. You know, we're going to lead off with a joke, but first, Bob Riley, Stigmata, the words that say it all, if you're an old hand, you know what I mean, listen well, and then the headphones. I'm on my way back to I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, my friends. All right. Um, let me put on the speaker. Let's see if I can get this thing to work. And we are now amongst ourselves. There you go. That seems to be working. We are now amongst ourselves. We don't have casuals. This is for hardcores only by by default because you got to follow either Eugene S. Robinson, the Twitter feed to find out that the show is happening. You've got to be on my Facebook page. I got to start a show stomper Facebook page. Jesus, I can't, you know, uh, I, I got I just sent it out through Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, it's Mr. Sleep three, three as in the number three. Twitter, there's still some gatekeeping there, but with Twitter, it's at Eugene S. Robinson. Sign up so you can find it. I tried to link it so that I let the people who subscribe know and try to go through Patreon. Can't figure out how to do it quite yet. Somebody was like, oh, cool. I got it for free. I didn't have to go through Patreon. I'm not playing that game. I'm not playing that game. You'll always be able to get it for free. That's not the point. Like Dr. Gene Scott, a generation before, I'm telling you, give it because you love God. Don't give it because I'm browbeating you. Don't give it because you feel you should. If you fair market value get something, just continue watching it for free. 
and I'll sit like a dog in the dark eating wet cigarettes while you enjoy it for free. But that's fine. That's fine. Neither here nor there. All right. A guy moves into an apartment. He's got a talking parrot. He's got a first floor apartment. Doesn't want the parrot to be bored. Puts the parrot in the window. The parrot starts screaming at people going by because naturally the parrot was raised by a sailor who died, left this guy the parrot. Hey, you fucking piece of shit. Hey, you fucking piece of shit. All right. So the landlady, landlady comes up and complains. He goes, look, you can't have this. This, this, this is not, it's not the kind of building we want. You got a first floor apartment. You got the, the, the parrot script, you know. Okay, right. So the guy tells the parrot, don't fuck up. You're going to get us thrown out of here. We can't afford to get thrown out of here. Right? The guy, the, the parrot goes, hey, 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 hey. So uh, 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 the next day, he sees a landlady. Now the parrot's got it out for the landlady. Hey, you stupid bitch. Hey, you stupid bitch. Hey, 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 stupid bitch. Hey, bitch. There goes the stupid bitch. There goes the stupid bitch. And she's livid. Livid. Tells the guy, we've had problems. I've had multiple complaints. I spoke to you specifically about it. The bird is still, I can't lock the bird up. I can't draw the currency. He goes crazy. He goes, I don't care. If it happens again, you're in trouble. So the guy goes to the carrier and goes, I can't, I can't afford another place to live. This is it. You screw up, you go. I'm going to take you to the pound. You're gone. That's it. So straighten up and fly right. So the next day, the landlady is walking with her daughter down the stairs. And she's like, opens the door. She's coming down the stairs. And the parrot and her lock eyes. And the parrot's looking, and she's looking at the parrot, and she's with her daughter, and she's like, the daughter's like, Mommy, look, there's a parrot. She's like, eh, and then stop. And then finally, right as she gets probably to the edge of the block where she's about to turn it, can't see the parrot. The parrot goes, hey! And she stops, and she turns around, and the parrot looks at her and goes, you know. That's it. That's why I'm not a comedian. That's the joke. I do shtick, right? So my point is, and I tell that joke for a very specific reason. My point is, very specifically, I don't even have to start the show any other way because, you know, if you watch UFC 220 last night or Bellator, eh, 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 you, you pretty much know what I'm going to say. You, For those of you who haven't understand how we approach reality, reality is a drug. We can't prove reality. Can't really measure reality. It has no measure. We can measure proximity. We can measure locality. But we can't measure reality. We can say, I think things that are real have certain qualities. They have mass. They, they, they have dimension. They exist in, in, a, in the fourth dimension of time. They exist in the framework. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that we shared an experience and post-experience like very much like I don't know if you've ever taken LSD with somebody and then you know you both try to go your separate ways. So you know we're a one hour to a two hour trip, but I got stuff to do. All right, oh later, bro. See you later. All right, take off. You're still linked here. You're still linked here because you know amidst and amongst everybody else, you have a similar brain experience. Nobody else understands what's happening to you right then and there, but that other person is, and you imagine you're contacting them with your mind, and you are. So very specifically, when I talk about public experiences, I talk about the kick you get. I talk about the draw to redraw them. I talk about the draw to re-experience them. I talk about uh, Alberto Giacometti, who said after he saw his mother's, uh, her, his mother's face on her dying on her deathbed, he spent the rest of his life trying to sculpt something that delivered the same sort of sensation. 
that's where we are with public sporting events, whether it's or not the, 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 the playoffs that the football is going through or, as happened, UFC 220 last night. So, you know, the ritual, the, the habitual ritual that's part of the habitual ritual that's part of uh, drug uh, uh, consumption is very much the same here. We had the anticipation. We have the secret language. We have the, the getting and obtaining. We have the expectations. We have the buildup. And then we ingest this drug. And this time, due to circumstance, I was fully capable of being there at 5 o'clock on the dot. But I'm not going to change what I do, which is to say I'm not going to start with the prelim because I don't give a fuck about that. If I done care, don't care uh, preview this week, which I didn't get a chance to do because of schedule. If I had done the care, don't care preview this week, I would have there would have been a lot of DCs on that. And indeed, when you hear the bald one, that being Dana White, for those not in the know, I know that guy's got too much. He's too in love with the love of his name. So we just call him the bald one on this show. You know, the bald ones going in the boxing is comical because very much we have, we have, if you have ever, ever read that book by C.P. Snow or F.R. Levis, they both wrote books called One, Two Cultures, and the other guy wrote the answer book, Two Cultures, question mark. Okay? And their books were very different, but I think that the boxing and MMA, you have two cultures. And I think that the bald one's idea that we're going to absorb and embrace a boxing culture is pretty close to reality when you look at last night's card. When you look at a card where you have two real draws and a bunch of scrubbalicious entries, that's the way you have it with boxing. Except the difference is the, the scrubbalicious guys, you know, are making still making tons of money. You know, I'm sure... If you're if you're a casual MMA fan and lesser of a boxing fan, I say the name Andre Ward and you kind of go, hey, what does he sing? No, no, he won the Olympics in boxing and he was had a really lucrative boxing career and he retired. You know, Andre Ward's not living in an apartment in Oakland. The guy is set up quite nicely. And he wasn't fighting the scrubbalicious cards either. Not at all. So, you know, the idea that somebody's going to fight at UFC boxing and they're going to go, look, there used to be this thing that uh, uh, my old coach, a guy who was in this fight book, who then sued me, so I won't ever mention his name again for being a prick. But he used to call the pop-off mess-up man. If, if there was any serious intent behind, you know, yeah, there's one thing about flying a flag. There's another thing about pull it, pulling the trigger before you got something to shoot at. Talking about UFC boxing, you're not going to get away with playing scrubbalicious uh, uh, fighters five grand or ten grand, even if they're boxers. You figure, well, I can get that undiscovered delta with with fighters who are just trying to make a name for themselves. Because boxing, you know, you got to have you got to have management. It's like running for political office. You have to have management. You got to get before you can get any of those fights on those HBO Showtime cards. What? Nah, who cares? All I care about is the dr drug that I ingested last night have the kick that I expect to get from it. And you know something is deeply, deeply amiss when it's a new, the bald one showed up for work. Most of us will show up for work tomorrow, not accompanied by tweets that we showed up to work tomorrow. Well, it's not fair. He works pretty hard during the week. You know, what the guy should have his week. Don't even fucking give me that. He's supposed to be there. That's part of his job. You want a day off? Take Sunday off. Take Monday off. 
So despite his disappearing eyebrows, this idea, this crazy idea, we have to, we have to base it and we have to judge it uh, on a very simple protocol. Did it kick? Now, going into this, there was a lot of anticipation. Actually, I got on record saying this is the only damn thing worth worth paying attention to in in 2018, which still seems to be the case. And some of you uh, who are uh, 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 in the Twitterverse with me, some of you said, how come you said it like hours after I said it in uh, uh, with some people I was training with? How come you don't remember? You're not. Nobody is making mention of Sukaju. A guy whose name is now synonymous with somebody with great promise who's brought on too soon, too fast, uh, uh, and without care and concern, and has their entire career scrub-a-dub-dubbed by greedy people who do not give a fuck. How come you don't mention that in the same breath that you are mentioning uh, 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 Francis Ngannou? Well, there's a big difference, okay? There's there's a, a big fucking difference. And and very specifically, the the, the, the difference is Sukaju didn't have nearly the career, the, the pre the the pre-hype career that Ngannou did. So I'm not worried about him. And somebody also tweeted that I thought was pr- pretty trenchant. This will be the kind of fight that I'll be happy no matter who wins, because it'll be a fight. Yes, yes. Here, spoiler alert. I didn't leave UFC 220 feeling thing anything other than disgust. And not because I had any dogs in the hunt. Let's talk about why. Starting specifically with the headliner. Okay. Or how about if we want to call, we want the Evelyn's. That's what we call the awards. I said Jessica's. That was the actress's name. The character's name was Evelyn. In the movie, play Misty for me. So the Evelyn's are are awards for people who say the mistiest shit ever. Misty pretty much single-handedly defining and and framing, proclaiming the the fog-enshrouded climbs of of the Lost Battalion where you can't tell your hand from a hole in the ground and you hear voices and chopping of wood where Chris Weidman is saying things like, when I get my belt back, and you know that you are in the land of no hope. Not the worst place to be in the show Stomper Pantheon. That would be Event Horizon, where you are about to disappear and you know it. But uh, uh, the Evelyns are also accompanied by Lost Battalion Alerts. And the Lost Battalion Alert that was most potent, and I'll say this to bookend it right now. Let's get it out of here. The bald one likes odds. Of Brock Lesnar, George St. Pierre, John Jones, and the Diaz brothers fighting in 2018. That's a man, boom, drop the fucking mic. That's a man who's living right. That's a man who's like, I don't want to compete for the lost potential. I don't want to compete for the Evelyns. I want to win them outright. That is the mistiest fucking thing I have ever heard. You got to, it's like me saying, I can fly. But let's start with the headliner fight. So once we've established that Francis Ngannou is not is not at all Francis Ngannou is not at all Sukaju. In other words, we don't have to worry about dude. Dude was six years ago living on the streets of Paris, eating out of garbage cans. All right. So uh, <laughs> supposedly, purportedly, he got 500, 500 grand last night. 
he's okay. He's happy. His head is in a good place. He learned something super valuable. This is a fight where everybody, no matter who won, you'd be happy. And when you look at the when you look at the micro when you look at the micro issues connected to that, exactly right. That's exactly right. On the face of it, and then just like a a bad date, you know, as soon as a bald one with his disappearing eyebrows opens his mouth, it just starts to get shitty. Even before that, in the cage, and you know what I'm going to talk about. But let's look at the particulars when we look at the fight. We we look at Francis Ngannou, supremely talented. But what were, the, what were the creeping negatives? Well, big guy, he's never been out of the first round. He's won four of his fights by submission. But uh, yeah, I can tell you by rolling with guys who are 263, 283, 325, two of those guys who I rolled with today, it's not fucking fun. It's not funny. I'm 55 years old. It's not cool, but I deal with it. I might get submitted by Francis Ngannou. Though he doesn't fucking practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It might happen. Daniel Cormier has got a white belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's crazy. It's true, but crazy. We didn't know whether the guy could go deep water. We didn't know how he would act on the ground. You know, the thing is, when you're putting people away in the first round, I don't know if some of you remember from Knuckle Up, we were talking about each fight is a viewfinder. And it's a viewfinder into the heart of the individual that we have designated to carry the collective dreams of, of the community. In this instance, these two fighters, the heavyweight, the baddest men on the planet, cognates for us in our, 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 our alpha dream states. These guys, alpha male, alpha dream state, alpha wave, dream state, apex. This is, these are the guys that we're like looking for. If we're casting arguments about how our year is going to go, we're looking at these guys. <laughs> When you finish all your fights, sorry, in the first round, you've opened the door about that much. These are all question marks, big, big question marks. And you can see that the guy doesn't look like a steroid at 263. He looks like just a big guy who started eating, eating, finally not eating out of garbage cans and eating right and lifting weights and running and exercising. And just, I mean, he's six foot four. Unless he's a basketball player, that's what he's going to look like, right? So he doesn't look like he's carrying an inordinate amount of muscle. They show video of him working out. Don't see him doing any road work. But, you know, when the guy's been able to put people out, I mean, he's got it in his head. And I don't think he should shake his head. If I could put my hands on you in that first round, you're not going to get up. And you, you can see that Stipe, you can see, you know, like, let's go back to Pulp Fiction. Pride hurts. Once he like or like Dirty Harry, he he got to know. And he was like, oh yeah, let's see, let's see, let's see. And Gano tagged him a couple of times. He's like, you know what? <laughs> By the end of that first round, he was like, nah, bro, nah, nah, I'm that's okay, my man. I'm finished with that. And he went to what I like to call Randy Couture land. Now, Randy Couture called out James Tony, and this was a big deal. This was a really big deal at the time because there has been this kind of perpetual civil war between boxers, you know, with Bob Arum talking about homosexual tattoo guys on the ground or whatever crazy bullshit he was saying. Gives a fuck if they're homosexuals. I don't care. Say, uh, oh, the bald one saying, 
you know, uh, firing back at, at well, most of, at least our guys aren't ex-cons. Boy, he, he easy on that, buddy. <laughs> easy on that. We know that. Let's talk to War Machine to find out how true that is. Some of us are ex-cons. Well, hey, us. Now, some of us in the MMA community. Not us. Not us. I spent a tough six hours in jail once for a moped violation. What are you in here for? Ah, was I going to talk about my red Peugeot moped or was I going to go with the catch all? They think I'm crazy. <laughs> I went with they think I'm crazy, which was easy enough given that I had uh, they thought it would be cute to give me overalls with the zipper broken. I was like, well, you think nudity makes me upset? Yo, bro, I'm I'm in here ready to fight. So uh, I had no underwear on. The zipper was broken. So you had to get my chest hanging out, my unit hanging out. And I had a mohawk at the time when, believe me, man, this is 1981. There were not a lot of Negroes with mohawks. So I said, they think I'm crazy. The guys were like, I, I, can, I can see that. <laughs> Tattoos of the mohawk. What the fuck? There was no punk rock in, in that jail cell. Anyway, the point, the, the, the point is, the point is that, uh, um, what was the point? <laughs> it's there. It's there. Don't stop me. You can't stop me now. The point was there. So, so, you know, we, we have, Stipe had figured out, you know, I'm going to go down, the, the, this, the, I'm going to go down Randy Couture way. And Randy Couture had made this big deal. They're firing back and forth and challenge. And they, and Dana decided to open the aperture a little bit. And he was going to let James Tony fight MMA. And, you know, you got pictures of when he was back in his in the military days, Randy Couture boxing and he and he's in his package. He's boxing and he's boxing and he's boxing. And that bell rings. They, they you know, let's get it on. And Big John McCarthy is waving his hands. And Randy go, goes and does a low ankle pick. Fucking pulls the guy to the ground, elbows him into oblivion. Total elapsed time, like 57 seconds. And on the one hand, you had the like, man, that wasn't a fight. On the other hand, you go. That's exactly the kind of fight it is, man. This is Br'er Rabbit time. That's why they call it mixed martial arts. You got to know what's coming. Chuck Liddell, who I interviewed down in San Luis Obispo, said, well, the key to my success, I go, look, frankly, Chuck, I have to tell you, I was not a big believer in yours. In fact, it took me six, fight, uh, six fights straight of calling against you and having you win before I said, I, I got to seriously look at what he's doing. And he goes, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. Most guys are afraid to get clipped when they come in, so they stay out. And I've been working these hands forever, so I can take them out. But what people don't re remember is that I went to college, San Luis Obispo, I went on a wrestling scholarship. So I'm not afraid to shoot in that I'm going to get clipped. I'm not afraid to stand and bang, and I can keep a guy from, from, from push, taking me down to the ground. And, of course, I had to challenge Chuck to a fight, and he took it down at his gym in San Luis Obispo. And I guess it won't surprise you to learn that uh, I did not win this fight. <laughs> uh, it was another case of me suddenly, suddenly, that's maybe an aggressive use of a word, of me eventually standing on the sidewalk in front of his gym down there, at Hackleman's gym, and uh, blinking in the sunlight trying to figure out what happened. What happened? What just what what happened? What why 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 did I do that? Why why did somebody stop me? 
Why do you guys let me do this to myself? Where are you when I need the help? Okay, so uh, pride got Stipe. And he decided to try his luck for, but the, 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 the manliest thing he did was that first round. And he had to do it. He gots to know. He had to know. Got tagged a few times and, and said, fuck this. But more, no, you know, uh, 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 more significantly, at the end, that Nganu door slipped open a little bit. And as they return to their stools, you see him look across and look at Nganu. <sighs> Nganu's corner, he needs to train. If you're listening to this and you belong to a team that doesn't have somebody who's directly competing in him in heavyweight, any team but Jackson Wink, who was listening to this show, snap him up. Because the cats he's dealing with in Paris, I understand his loyalty, which is why he went to Paris two weeks before. Of course, outed by the bald one who thinks that that was somehow. And they said, hey, they said, hey that, he's a loyal guy. Not going to cut, you know, you can dance with the one who brung you. Go back and train in France. Nah, it's not going to. You need to, you need to, dude, you got to mix in the Stairmaster. There are lots of course corrections you could make. The course corrections you could make are functional ones. And those are cool. The course corrections are not here. They don't have to be here. So at that point, so rounds two, three, four, and five, at that point, it was it, it we were waiting to see if Stepe, Stepe could actually knock knock dude out. And, and at the end of which, despite somebody, I'm going to read you some of the, um, I got to get through the cat penis Donald Trump tweets, and uh, I got to read through. Um, I think that some one of you said, that they both lost. Okay. And and I'm I'm I, I don't believe that. I don't I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe they both lost. I guess the th- the theory behind them both losing was you have a guy who had this tremendous upside, seemed invincible, had gotten the love of the people and the attention of the world, great backstory. That's that's the Baldwin's characterization in Nganu. And that's also a public but I don't this guy I think he he somebody said he lost he he lost and he won and Stepe won but he lost and that's typically I, believe me I've cottoned on to that before in the past but that's not what happened functional adjustments need to be made dude because get serious cardio going and how much weight would he lose at most eight pounds that means he's still going in at two fifty two fifty five thank you. He's going in at 255. He's now got cardio. He's got an expectation uh, uh, that he's going to have to. And what else? Have you heard them talk about the guy's learning, the, the, uh, uh, the learning curve? Said he picks shit up fast, fast, fast. Functional. His head, you know, there's no dark moments of the night. There's no GSP. I get in dark thoughts in my head. You don't have any of that shit with Ngano. It's pretty clear. I could go back to living at the dumpster behind Boulangerie. <laughs> I could keep up with this job that's pretty good based on my experience living by a dumpster at Boulangerie. He's going to stay. There are a lot of guys who are coming back who got to make their bones. You, you, think that, you think that Kane is going to get a shot directly? That would be the smart move, and I think Javier has got the juice to pull it off. 
I don't know that he wants to fight Stipe right out the box, strong as an ox. But I would maybe still rather fight Stipe than I would rather fight uh, uh, um, uh, Ngannou. So you got the, one of the most formidable gatekeepers around, and sometimes guys go back and get their head together. Gustafson being the point, the mauler. Sharpening the mosquito's needle. He's looked good lately. Well, lately, his last fight. More importantly, functional adjustments were minor. Head adjustments were major. Seems like he made them. So I'm, don't, worry, don't cry for me, Argentina, in regards to Ngannou. I think his head is fine. I think his head is just fine. I think he learned valuable things from this fight. But more importantly and much more significantly, so he was so thoroughly handled, he's not going to get a rematch. He's going to get a rematch. He shouldn't take it soon. He should spend the next six months working with who? Why don't you get Rulon Gardner out there? What you need to get somebody big who he'll take seriously. Don't get him some little guy. He won't take him seriously and it won't translate when you got a guy who's 245 pounds going for a single leg and running the pipe on you. Don't do that. Somebody heavy. Get, of course, you know, these guys are in your division. So Ben Rothwell, you can hey, fuck with him. You can't, you know, you got maybe drag Tim Sylvia out of the woodwork. I don't remember if Sylvia was very much of a of a, of a wrestler, but you got to work with some wrestlers. Not, nothing that was jujitsu-esque was happening from Stipe's side of things. Just a basic takedown, hold down. Hey, you carry my weight. How's that feel? So as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, Nugano, he did he he lost, but he won. I feel as much promise coming out of him as I did with him going in. Because you can't erase what you saw, and that guy's still super dangerous, and he gutted out a fight. Have you seen other muscle guys do that? Yo Romero or who are the other one uh, who I always get confused to those two? Yoel is a soldier god. Who's the other guy, the, the Olympic uh, wrestler who, who need, uh, need Chris Weidman into oblivion? Uh, text me if you remember his name. I'm sorry, I'm old. I can't remember. But those guys are heavily muscled. They gas. He didn't get yeah, he 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 wasn't crisp at the end, but he hung in there and managed not to be put away and was still dangerous that last round. But more importantly, I'm looking, I'm divining his soul, and I'm not seeing any head issues. And that's the frame of mind you have to be in. I mean, one of the things that made me a decent fighter is that my ego mania is so out of control that even as I'm being getting the slop beaten out of me. I'm thinking, I'm better than this guy. What the fuck? This guy, this guy is a bum. Oh, sure. Yes, he he's twisting my arm now, but it doesn't mean shit. Doesn't, I could kill this guy. That's crazy talk. But it's the talk that's in my head when, you know, I was doing MMA. At this point now, eight years ago. So now let's turn to Stipe. Stipe, who's got to go, like you and like me, if we're lucky, who's got to go to work tomorrow. That's some fucking shit. I can't, I can't even, you can't even, this is incredible. Can you imagine if you yourself had to get a job so you could do your job? What the fuck is that? 
You got to get a job so you can do your job. Don't tell me he likes being a fucking fireman, man. I have no fireman and it's like a job. Hey, you, so you're telling me if he won the lottery, if he even won $20 million, $10 million, not a Powerball lottery, if he won a scratch a lottery, if he won $8 million, you're telling me he would still show up at, at the firehouse? Probably not. What does that tell you? Dude had to put in for PTO. After work, he probably goes and trains, and now his wife is having a kid. Sit. Normal guy. Don't know what the hell he's saying. Why don't you run uh, subtitles for that guy? Try that. Give me a break. Hey, bro, brother, man, I haven't been hit by Francis Ngannou. I guess it might get you to talk that way. And my 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 ear is is tempered by East Coast the lingo, but bro, I, I, you got to get some Ohio translator in there. Somebody, somebody's got to help. I can't understand what the dude's saying. And I'm talking about Stipe. I can understand Ngano better. So Stipe has got to go to work on Monday because he has to have enough. Don't tell me he likes. Don't 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 don't. He just likes. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. If he were to fight Mayweather and he had 135 mil, you think he'd still be sliding up and down brass poles? Don't don't start with that. Oh, he wants to help people? You know, I can help people by hiring them to mow my lawn. So he's got to go to work, which means, and he's been fighting with these guys about money. And he saw the writing on the wall. He saw that the, that the bald one's jungle was calling for his fucking scalp. He's asking for money, not getting it. It's like, man, I'm on the verge of doing something nobody's ever done. And he looks at these packages, and it's like, oh, I see. It's an all about Eve situation. All about Eve. And this young ingenue in Francis Ngannou comes up who, like Donald Cerrone, who's fighting more than God, doesn't know the meaning of money. Of course they're glad to see him. They don't like him, but they're glad to see him. Because he'll be happy with it. Whatever fucking thing they dole out, he'll be happy. But Stipe is not happy. Smart guy. And I'm going to go back to what another Midwester said when I interviewed Steve Albini about uh, walkout music for Vice's Fightland, which was a UFC-sponsored vertical, in case you didn't know. And Albini was like, yeah, I don't like Albini told me two amazing, three amazing things. He told me during my time that he produced two Oxbow records that I was on, and those being uh, Let Me Be a Woman and the Serenade in Red. And he told me three amazing things. There were things that, one, at the time to me were amazing. One, he told me that he didn't like pornography. An attitude I didn't share at the time, but this was an advance of me working for Larry Flint. Pre-Larry Flint, I would be like, hey, let's turn on a porno, whatever. Post-Larry Flint, Jesus Christ, it bores the fuck out of me. I don't want to see it. It's just, it's business. You know, you, I, I used to have a trunk full of porn and the guys, and I had the porn review site. It's too much. So Albini said, I don't, I don't find porn arousing. What I find arousing is a woman's hand on my penis. And then he told me that he had had sex with 100 women. And I was like, man, it's half as many as I had. And look at you. <laughs> You'll have to figure out yourself now whether I'm joking or not. Looks like I got cat hair in my face. And then the third amazing thing was he said, I don't like fighting. Now, for a guy who's an expert pool player, expert billiard player, 
these typically macho guy pursuits used to hunt. His brother used to work at Harley Davidson. He couldn't like fighting. I was like, why? He goes, you have some of the most finely tuned specimens that the human race has been able to create. I mean, alpha, you know, from strength, speed, conditioning, cardio. These guys are fantastic machines. And the best thing they can think to do about it, the best thing they can think to do with it is to uh, hit each other in the face. He goes, I don't like it. Of course, he talked shit about it and said they were dummies. Then Josh Barnett, I'm not going to talk about his USADA problems right now. Josh Barnett is a close personal friend this point in time any man who did did me right like he did me right that guy has loyalty till the end of my days so fuck off with criticizing josh barnett i understand you're doing it that's fine i just won't participate however josh barnett uh, um said that he wanted to beat out beanie's head in for saying this so but i started to come to the conclusion much like i did with him in pornography that He's sort of right, man. And I think that uh, somebody like Stipe has, has got has got a measure. He, he'll have a measure when he's there Monday, shining up the fucking fire truck or whatever firemen do. It's like, man, I'm kind of sore. I'm kind of fucked up. Were I to get be more sore, more fucked up, I might not be able to do this job that gives me health insurance, that makes sure I have a kid that's got me having a steady paycheck and my friends and my work and my contribution to society. I might not be able to do that for this job that's not a long-term solution, not a long-term career, not financially viable. And so then you get the bald one in about to put the belt on him because get that fuck away from me. He snatches it from him, gives it to his dude, I don't want him behind my back. I don't want him fumbling. I'm saw. I'm sure you all saw it. You know, that's that deep Midwestern anger, and that's gonna linger. Like I've said before, we're in the middle of a of a work sick out that that's gonna devour all of 2018. So it's you know when you see something like uh, 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 the Baldwin saying, like he said that. We're going to see Brock Lesnar. We're going to see GSP. We're going to see Johnny Boney Jr. We're going to see McNuggets. You're fucking crazy. We just, now that remains, we just have to figure out whether you're crazy or you think we're stupid or you're stupid and crazy enough to think that we're not going to think that's crazy and stupid. That's where we are. But Stipe is nobody's monkey. It's like, I just did something really dangerous. Really dangerous. And the guy with, with with enough money for more money than God, who I had to fight with to get a three percent increase or whatever kind of increase that, and the guy who's clearly hoping that I was going to win, and this tilting tilting you know tilting that gets me at every turn is going to come up, and we're going to shake hands and have some minor chit chat. I'm gonna go. Hey, you want some Eastern European stuff like this? Get away from me. Don't touch me. A little frankness. Our connection is insignificant. You've made that blatantly clear. You can't afford to play favorites. We completely understand that. Leave me the fuck alone. And so it goes. Leaves with a J, and he's got them over a barrel now. Yes, he signed a big contract, but what does that cover? What does that cover? You know, guys got to do press. You know, Nick Diaz was like, I don't feel like doing the press. You know, 
Stipe, Midwestern guy, understands the value of doing the job. I'll show up and do the press, but I'm not your monkey. Journalist asked me a question. I answered the question. I'm not trying to get a TV show. I'm not trying to be shirtless on stage with Richard Branson. I'm not trying to be dancing on a table in Ibiza. And, and, and let me tell you, I, there's this thing called pre-part. I'm calling it pre-partum panic. I'm writing an article on it about how men go nuts during the first nine. Unless you've had trouble conceiving, like some friends of mine, and then you're like, oh, my God, I'll never do it. And then it puts you in a different mind frame. First nine months of your first pregnancy, your wife's first, your woman's first pregnancy, maybe more so if it's your wife, you you are you are deforming in strange and difficult ways because it's the first incontrovertible thing you've ever done, and it's heavy, and you don't even know it's heavy. You can't even figure out why you're feeling crazy, but you're feeling crazy. That's what he's going through. That kid comes out, Stipe already in a position to not be fucking around with guys who fuck around will really not be in a position to fuck around want to be in a position to be with a guy fuck around with guys who fuck around sorry man sorry and this addition to the they all were going to bring in jimmy smith and he's gonna go at least you gave karen bryant a close-up i counted you finally gave her a close-up there were a couple weeks there where you weren't giving karen bryant close-ups that's okay she doesn't work for the ufc but it was suspicious it would be just as suspicious if every time the camera turned to her, you put some gauze over it, some Vaseline on the lens, which is old, old-timey Hollywood tricks to make the person filmed seem younger. Come on, give her a close-up. It's a fine-looking woman. Doesn't need the, the, the mid-level, distant shot. So, you know, now you got this guy who's sitting on top of the division, cranky. Yeah, DC can't even talk about whether Kane's going to come back or not because he doesn't know. Doesn't know. Junior Dos Santos, they're talking about this is the world's world's baddest man. Well, you know, we know that when he fights. When's he going to fight? We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know. Who's he going to fight? We don't know. And he's cranky and he's having a kid. You know, I did it. Give me a break. Let these other guys, you know. And Ganu, he could still go to Sukujuru. I don't think so. He needs a new team, needs to get some wrestlers in there, give him six months, I think he'll be fine. And he shouldn't be fighting before six months anyway. And he, and Kane should not be fight. Kane, friend of Knuckle Up, should not be. Yeah, that still means something, even though this is not Knuckle Up. Um, should not be the guy that he, he should fight him first out. But he's sitting pretty. Stipe is sitting pretty as well. Now, moving down the card. To a uh, fucking uh, with uh, Daniel Cormier and uh, no time Vulcan the Swissman, the pizza man from Switzerland. That was Randy, a hundred percent Randy Couture. You know the curiosity got the best of uh, Ozemir. It got the best of uh, uh, of DC, and he did the same thing. You know I want to see how the guys had, and then actually found the guy's hands wanting. It's like shit. Okay, well. You know, the guy's hands are wanting. Now I know that. Set up for anybody else from our team who's coming after Justin Willis. Uh -huh. Actually, I think Jay Will is, uh, is, a, is a heavyweight. But um, now let's, let me play with the wrestling because I don't, you know, it's not going to be like wrestlers get. I'm, in other words, I can exercise some wrestling techniques without putting myself out overly much and actually beat this guy. And that's exactly what happened. 
I mean, he was giving him pity pats in that crucifix position, and I don't know that I would have called the fight, but I didn't see Ozemir complaining, and that's usually my my indication as to whether a guy is uh, is uh, is a uh, fuck it or not, whether or not he's angry. You know, I, I mean, lots of guys get beaten up, and then I like, hey, like I remember Sean Shirk, who the hell beat beat the crap out of Sean Shirk? Maybe it was GSP at the time. And they, they they complained, and he was like, "No, I'm not complaining. I'm okay." So anyway, anybody who was surprised at Stipe won, not me. I didn't pick him to win. I, I didn't do care, don't care. So you don't have my picks on record, but I'm an honest man. I tell you, I didn't pick him to win. I didn't see him be, being able to avoid getting hit enough in that first round to make a difference, and I knew he wouldn't put the wrestling into play. When the guy, you don't want that guy on top of you. Shoot in, and the guy does something, does some kind of reversal, sits out, is on your back. No way, bro. Two hundred sixty-three pounds punching, punching in you in the face. No. But if if something, you know, listen, Daniel Cormier is a friend of knuckle up, and you know that friends of knuckle up, that means the former show, what this show used to be, have a certain a certain amount of latitude. But the stuff that he was saying post-fight was cringe, making me fucking cringe. It is too much. It, I started to feel like Dave Mustaine, like listening to Dave Mustaine. Somebody asked me today, hey, man, are you a big Megadeth fan? And I go, I was, but 40 years of hearing him complain about how he was done dirty by Metallica, I've had it. That guy plays one song, and that song is wine, in the key of wine. So it is, and I and I do not for a second doubt the honesty and the veracity of of uh, DC's claims. And I, and I appreciate that he he is saying what we know he's thinking, talking about the Johnny Boney Joni thing. But I remember once when I started getting into sports as a kid, and my mother said, "Aren't you excited about sports?" And I was, I, I want to fight, I'm not ex- basketball. You these seen sports? You got me in. It's swimming. Mother was, you know, very class conscious. Didn't want me to, uh, you know. Well, first, my father was a football scared with the football thing, so I wasn't playing football. And she wasn't excited about me wrestling because whether it was a weird sexual thing or it was just seemed too blue collar for her. She wanted me. Why don't you play tennis? So I'm not fucking walking through Brooklyn with a tennis racket. It's not a sissy sport. Oh my god. <laughs> what not to say to your 13 year old son? <laughs> Nobody's going to look at you with that tennis racket and those shorts and those white socks and those white shoes and the tight uh, T-shirt and think that means that you like penis. You just said you like penis. And that's perfectly okay with people who like penis. But as a 13-year-old in New York City, I don't want to play a sport that uh, – I don't want to play tennis. I don't, I don't even have to explain it. I want to fight. I want to take karate. I want to take wrestling. She want me doing that. Understood. But she remember, in the process, she told me, you know, there's some people's team sports are good. You know, there's some people when they lose a game, you know, they just they cry. They just cry. And they get they're super emotional about competing. Now, keep in mind, this is the same mother that would have she would get nervous because I'd be watching cartoons as a kid completely impassively. And she was concerned that I wasn't laughing She goes, you know, these are supposed to be funny. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I processed in my head that they were funny, but then finally I figured out that people feel comfortable when you express emotion. These are my early years as a slightly spectrum kid. So then I'd see something funny, I'd go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, see, 
man made it happen, right? So I understand the emotionalism that DC has got got himself involved with. I understand all that stuff, but man, I just you know, be be steepy. You know, you fight, go back to work, bro. I don't want to hear about Johnny Boy Joni because the reality of it is he beat you twice. You're never going to fucking unfuck that. You're never going to unfuck that. Even if he comes out, they cancel his suspension, he comes out, they put him on the docket for 2018. Is that how you want to go out? You want to try the third time? It's like the bear says to the hunter, you don't come here for the hunting, do you? Stop it. You had a full career. Go on to something else. Stop with this Captain Ahab thing with Johnny Voney Joni. It's just going like to, like the Morrissey song say, or the Smiths, the more you ignore me, the closer I get. Stop it. Stop it. It's pointless. Absolutely pointless. So this fight against, this this fight, this uh, uh, Ozemir and Cormier co-main event. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, the drug that is mixed martial arts that I ingested did nothing for me. And at $69, I expect more than missed. And going through uh, going through the card, Shane Burgos and uh, Calvin Qatar, I wouldn't have cared about that fight if I had been in the Care Don't Care preview. As it was, I enjoyed it. And as it was, it had a surprise ending. Spoiler alert. It was not a decision. You imagine that. It wasn't a decision. There were a lot of decisions. This was not one of them. Not at all. Do I have much to say about it? Nope. What about Barroso and John Volante? <sighs> they had to find somebody John Volante could beat for whatever reason. I don't know, but I see Chris Weidman walking in with him, and I just stopped paying attention. I just stopped paying attention. I stop. I stop. I'm not going to talk about it now. Same with uh, uh, Alameda and Rob Font, Kyle Bochniak, Brandon Davis, Al, uh, uh, Al Hassan. That was a knockout over Hamasi, but who? Hamasi, who? What? Who cares? Justin Ortiz and uh, Alexander Pretoria. Forget it. I'm not going to go through these other fights because I don't fucking care. And when we go on to Bellator, sorry, sorry, when we go on to Bellator, I have to say that, that, I, that I care e e even less. Because though I like Bellator, I, it's more I like the idea of Bellator than actually liking Bellator, right? I like the B League. I like that. But do I care about Ivan Castillo and Guillermo Vasconcelos? Nope. Do I care about Henry Corrales and, and, and Georgie Caracas? Nope. Do I care about... Uh, Aaron Pico and Shane uh, Crookton. Yeah, I sort of do about that. That was a nice knockout. 37 seconds. That was nice. Chandler? I don't really care so much about Chandler, but he won, so that was nice. Rory McDonald? I'm glad he's getting paid, but, you know, um, I want to see him five rounds for unanimous decision. Sorry, bro. And Quentin and, and, and Chael? Do I want to see them uh, 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 a, another unanimous decision? Do, M-M-A-A-R-P. I claimed it. I named it. Who's texting me here? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, your man's the same guy. Uh, you don't know who I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the fucking cat. Who's the other muscled guy? Who's uh, 
Yeah, Romero's a soldier guy that Jesus don't like gay or whatever. And then there's the other cat, uh, maybe also Cuban, who was the army guy, who was a wrestler, uh, is a wrestler. Uh, oh, shit. It'll come, it'll come to me way too late. Way too late. Sorry. Sorry, I can't remember. It's unimportant for the purpose of this discussion, though. Um. People have been saying that Engano had to cut weight to make 265 true or not. Cardio would do him some good with no downsides. I don't. I don't think. The guy, I mean, yeah, he had to get in shape, but I don't think it was like he was setting out to cut weight. Not in the same way that a Brock Lesnar has to cut weight. No, not at all. Not at all. So, uh, so Bellator, I, I like the idea of it, but watching these fights, it was. Um, I don't think that Rampage has wanted to fight for a long time. I think that Rampage wants to get paid. And they will pay him to fight. You know, all my porn star friends, once they stop making them, once they start stop making porn, because you can't make money with porn, like you can't make money with music anymore, they turn to prostitution. Expensive prostitution. $3,000 for a role. You know? If it's now $700 for a scene and you got to be there half the day and now you can make a $3,000 and you only have to kick back $1,500 to the guy who brought you the work, so you got $1,500 an hour, that's all right. Having sex without the cameras, why not? I figured out that the key, the crazy key, it has to do with public exposure. So you have prostitutes, porn stars, and strippers. The craziest tend to be strippers because I figured what they do is super public. Keep in mind, I identify with the strippers. As a stage performer, myself with Oxbow, I identify. And I know the public interaction makes it the most difficult part of the job. Porn is only public in theory. I mean, you know there are people out there watching it after you produce it, but at the time, there maybe is a camera guy, sound guy, not that many people. It's like a group sex thing. Prostitutes tend to be the most sane because they're doing shit that's super private in private. And they can go home and nobody knows they're prostitutes. I say this to say that Rampage doesn't want to do what he, what, what he does for a living. None of these guys do. But you look at being 40 years old, I'm going to retire. And you got enough to make it the next 15 years. And, okay, suppose you do have enough to make it the next 15 years. Suppose you do. That frees you up to do what? What's your agent getting you as of late? Any more A-teams? Nope. Some of us have our lives filled with interesting stuff that we could do later. I don't know. So do I contribute by watching? Why would I do something that makes me feel bad? Yeah, I'd like some weed. No, no, give me the really bad weed. No, that, that, that's the best. That's the best for my purposes. You know, and, and, and the reality of it is, the reality of it is that, um, you know, this government fucking shutdown thing, <laughs> if, if, I, I do not believe that politicians give a fuck about the people they're politicking for. I don't believe they do. And I can, why? Because I can see it in their fucking eyes. 
you know, when I was hanging out with Bill Clinton back in the late 19, 1999 at the same hotel in Los Angeles where Robert F. Kennedy got shot, I, he had a small dinner and I was invited to the dinner. There may be 12 people there. And at the end of the dinner, they opened it up to let us out in the hallway. And some people had gotten the inkling that, that he was going to be there. And so, you know, they opened it up and then, you know, the journalists are going out the side. So the people who were invited were journalists, not a, you know, 12 of us. And then, you know, I had seen his real face. And then he sees that the door opens and that there are people there, like coming toward him with this kind of glassy eyed Nathaniel West day of the locust thing on their face. And he kind of goes in, I, I'm going to externalize what I think was creeping on his face that he quickly tapped down. It was like, And he went dead in the eyes for a few seconds, and then he was like, "Hi, hi." I don't think they really like politicking. Belgium just went through a similar thing. Didn't have a government for five fucking years. You know, Republicans have been. We want what? What better for a party that says they want small government? What better way to approach it than break the government into small, tiny, cracked up? Uh, non-functioning pieces. Seems to make sense. And on the other side of the aisle, I'm not going to go for the equivalency. They're both sh they're shit on both sides. Of the aisle. Clearly, I think the bigger portion of shit is on the right side of the aisle. Sorry, it's my personal belief. But I don't think that the people on the left side of the aisle are saints either, because I've seen that look in their face. Not just Clinton's face. Chuck Schumer's from my division and from my uh, from my neighborhood in Flatbush. Remember him standing by the subway when I was 16 or 17, and I looked into his soul. Guy, you maybe represent me? No, he's representing two weeks. What do I mean? I mean a paycheck that comes every two weeks. It's his job. So insofar as the government shut down, I'm going to have to say, fuck it. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Let the motherfucker burn. Let it burn. I'm not voting on shit. If I'm if I'm on the left side of the aisle, what you oh you you think you're gonna you're gonna snook snooker me with this bullet? Oh, you, you care about? I don't care. I don't care. What do you think I care? I don't I don't care. I do not care. I care not. So see you later. Shut it down. And I have to say, in regards to Trump and Stormy Daniels and and the guy being put on Front Street for the whole hooker thing with a three-year-old child or three-month-old child or however old Baron was, uh, I have to say that I don't think this has news value. <laughs> we already know the guy's a piece of shit. Don't, don't, I'm not playing politics with you. You wouldn't be friends with a guy like that in a serious way for more than five minutes. You would not. Don't even, don't even fucking start with me. You would not. I mean, you know, He's tried to fuck his friend's old ladies while his friends were there. Now, I've had fighter friends try to fuck my old lady in front of me. That's kind of comedy. And I appreciate that like anybody else. Like, yo, bro, I just, I'm not challenging you. It's just like, this is what we do. Gotcha. This is what we do. What we do. But, uh, um... But you wouldn't spend more than five minutes. What do you think you spend 10 minutes listening to that guy talk about himself? 
showing you covers of magazines. But I have to say, who he's fucking, how long he's been fucking them. You know, that's a slippery slope, buddy. This is not hashtag me too. The grabbing the pussy thing, hashtag me too. Guy wants to, in other words, what I'm saying is, I don't know that I feel that fucking much joy about outing a guy who cheats on his wife. I think that's what I'm saying. It seems because I don't think that, that you're, you could be a paradigm of moral virtue. Uh, the, the cheating on your wife makes you less than a paradigm of moral virtue. You could have a moral man who's a murderer. I might be digging a hole here. <laughs> what I'm saying is you, there are dozens of other reasons to hate that pompous piece of shit. And as a New Yorker, like I said, I've known about this guy since the 70s, since he wouldn't let black people live in his buildings. There are plenty of other reasons to hate this pompous piece of shit. I, I think Melania hasn't fucked him in years. And she's certainly not going to start now. He, he can't afford to divorce her now. Uh, so whatever. Now he's having, Wolf is saying he's having an affair. I don't give a shit. You know what I care about? I care about the immigrants are being done dirty. Don't give me the shit about merit. You know, I care about a guy who who who, who thinks that people with fucking swastikas, Sig Heiling in Charlottesville were okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's window dressing, you know, because I'm just focused on the midterms. And more importantly, I'm focused on financial issues. Yep. So anyway, we're at the hour. And uh, I'm I'm thinking this worked right. Um, I put a link for the audio. So some of y'all wanted just the audio so you can listen at work. I think I did it right. I need the feedback. So let me know if I'm doing it wrong. We'll try to make this adjustments. We'll try to figure out this Patreon thing so I could do this and not go broke or get fired or whatever. You know, again, I guess that's the deal. I got to do I got to do a job to pay for my other job, <laughs> you know. So I guess I'm like Stipe in that instance. But total, let's 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 recap before we end the show. Total, not good. I don't feel good. I don't feel good about UFC 220, and I don't feel good. There's some people. There were some bright spots and people who emerged okay. Stipe it, it, it emerged okay. Not lost battalionized. You know, uh, 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 Francis Gano. I think they came out. Uh, both of them came out undiminished. In fact, I say burnished. I don't. I can't say the same about DC. Sorry, that was a fight that was maybe necessary for here. Wasn't necessary for us here. We didn't have to see it, but I'm glad you did it. The other fights, Burger, don't give a shit. The Bellator fights, I don't, I don't care. So seventy dollars, and I got, and I watched it with my kids, so I had to pay. I don't, I don't. I got robbed, man. I'm gonna go find Martinez and get my fucking money back. Yeah, try that, getting your money back from a drug deal. It doesn't work. Who's going to give me my money back for the UFC? Nobody. Uh -huh. and, 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 and I have to say, there's a weird parallelism and between, I'm sorry, I'm going to go 60 more seconds. There's a weird parallelism between you know, the Trump administration and what's happening with the Baldwin and the UFC. And it's just like what happened before Hitler violated the fucking non-aggression pact and decided to declare war against Russia. People are face down in paper bags full of fucking glue, and you can't do business that way. You're going to have to work together. 
there's an old joke about the Gentile. The Gentile goes, a business deal starts to go south. The Gentile goes, ah, fuck it, walks off. Business deal starts to go south. A Jew goes, fuck it, let's make this work. There's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of that, either with the douchebag in the White House or the Baldwin in the UFC. And both of our endeavors will be lessened because of it. Don't think so? Ask Adolf. Anyway, that's the end of the show. That's V2. V2, the Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. It's at patreon.com slash V stomper. You might know that already. If you want to be on a Twitter fucking feed where you know what's going on during the week, whatever, at Eugene S. Robinson. Don't forget the S because then you get the journals from the Washington Post. Uh, you can catch me on, on Instagram, uh, uh, Mr. Sleep 3. So Mr. Sleep is a name I used to use when I forget it <laughs> mr sleep three but that's still if you don't have any posts on your site any pictures on your site i assume you're a spy i don't let you in uh, i think i'm on snapchat but i forgot where i am so forget about trying to find me there uh if you oxbow oxbow is unlimited all capital s o-x-b-o-w facebook page that's my band that's unlimited sometimes you might find out stuff that's going there that's connected to 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 uh uh to the eugene s robinson show doesn't matter. You're here now. We made it. We made it over an hour. Uh, so we'll see. Have a good week. Don't fuck up. And uh, as usual, I'm not. I'm not dumping this either. I'm keeping it. And that's very specifically. Look what you made me do. Uh!